Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. Each of these messages were given by various faculty, staff, and friends of Emmaus Bible College. To view each series as a whole or for more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. Joshua chapter 24, we've come to the final sessions of our series and we're concluding the book with this chapter. And in Joshua chapter 24, Joshua gathers together all of the people of the nation of Israel and he has some final and concluding remarks to say to them. This is Joshua's final address and it is an epic address to the nation of Israel. We're looking today at verses 1 through 13 of Joshua 24. It says, Then Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and called for the elders of Israel and for their heads and their judges and their officers, and they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said to all the people, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, From ancient times your fathers lived beyond the river, namely Terah, the father of Abraham, and the father of Nahor, and they served other gods. Then I took your father Abraham from beyond the river and led him through all the land of Canaan and multiplied his descendants and gave him Isaac. And to Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau, and to Esau I gave Mount Seir to possess it. But Jacob and his sons went down to Egypt. Then I sent Moses and Aaron, and I plagued Egypt by what I did in its midst. And afterward I brought you out. I brought your fathers out of Egypt, and you came to the sea, and Egypt pursued your fathers with chariots and horsemen to the Red Sea. But when they cried out to the Lord, he put darkness between you and the Egyptians, and brought the sea upon them, and covered them. And your own eyes saw what I did in Egypt, and you lived in the wilderness for a long time. Then I brought you into the land of the Amorites, who lived beyond the Jordan, and they fought with you. And I gave them into your hand, and you took possession of their land when I destroyed them before you. Then Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, arose and fought against Israel. And he sent and summoned Balaam, the son of Beor, to curse you. But I was not willing to listen to Balaam. So he had to bless you, and I delivered you from his hand. And you crossed the Jordan and came to Jericho, and the citizens of Jericho fought against you, and the Amorite and the Perizzite and the Canaanite and the Hittite and the Girgashite, the Hivite and the Jebusite. Thus I gave them into your hand. Then I sent the hornet before you and drove out the two kings of the Amorites from before you, but not by your sword or your bow. And I gave you a land on which you had not labored, and cities which you had not built, and you have lived in them. You are eating of vineyards and olive groves which you did not plant. Let's pray as we begin. Father in heaven, as we look at this final chapter of the book of Joshua, we pray that you would help us uh, to understand the words that are here in Scripture, and how they impact our lives in the era in which we live. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
So we've come to the end of the book. Joshua gathers up all of the tribes of Israel to Shechem and called for the elders of Israel, their heads, their judges, officers, and they all present themselves before, the text says, before God. So Joshua is acting as God's messenger in this chapter, God's prophet, God's spokesman, and he's really speaking to the people, not simply the words that he has to say. He's conveying God's message to them here at the end of the book. Joshua in verse 2 said to all the people, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, and what follows is something of a history of Israel from the time of Abraham, actually a little bit before the time of Abraham, up through the time in which they were living, the time of Joshua. And Joshua's history is about to come to an end. So we have a recap in verses 2 through 13 of the history of Israel. It's not an exhaustive history. It's not meant to be expansive. It's history with a theological um, proposition that's given, and God has a very specific point in recounting this history the way that he does. As we look through and read through what this says, I want you to notice how many times God is the subject of what is being done. It is meant to show God's providential hand leading and guiding Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the people of Israel, Moses, and others, all for the purpose of bringing them into the land of Canaan and giving them the land as their possession. Now notice uh, verse 2, halfway through, we read, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel. This is what God is speaking, and Joshua is acting as God's spoke, spokesman. From ancient times, your fathers lived beyond the river. This is the river Euphrates. So in position to the land of Canaan, the Euphrates River is to the north and to the east. And they're talking about... Uh, their early ancestors living beyond the Euphrates River. We knew, know from the early chapters of Genesis that God called Abram uh, out of the, the land of Ur, the city of Ur, and he came up from Ur of the Chaldeans. This is probably, uh, I take this as the Ur, which was located in Sumer, and this was probably the Ur three. Uh, era of society uh, dating back to 2100 BC, 2200, somewhere in there. He says, uh, your fathers lived beyond the river, namely Terah, the father of Abraham and the father of Nahor, and they served other gods. That's a very significant statement. God did not select Abraham to be special because he worshipped him. Uh, Abraham, in fact, we're told here and other places, including the New Testament, worshipped other gods. So it wasn't because of his piety or his holiness or righteousness that God took him. 
It was simply out of God's good pleasure. Notice verse 3. Then I took your father Abraham from beyond the river, the Euphrates, and led him through all the land of Canaan, and multiplied his descendants, and gave him Isaac. Now notice, again, that God is the subject of this sentence. God takes Abraham from beyond the Euphrates. God leads Abraham through the land of Canaan. God multiplies Abraham's descendants. God gives him a son, Isaac. And to Isaac, the Lord says, verse 4, I gave Jacob and Esau. And to Esau, I gave Mount Seir to possess it. But Jacob and his sons went down to Egypt. So notice here, God is the one who gives offspring to individuals. This is all presented theologically to show us that God is sovereignly orchestrating the events. Although from a human perspective, it seems like Abraham is doing things to accomplish these tasks, and then Isaac, and then Jacob. But behind it all, the Lord is in control. God is sovereign over these events. Verse 5, Then I sent Moses and uh, uh, Aaron, uh, and I plagued Egypt by what I did in its midst talking about the first 10, 12 chapters of the book of Exodus, how Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and asked him to let the Lord's people go. Uh, the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart. Pharaoh hardened his own heart and would not uh, relent to let the people of Israel go. And so the Lord sent plagues in Egypt and we, we read in the early chapters of Exodus, those plagues were sent to demonstrate the absolute power of God to the Egyptians and the people of Israel during that time. He says, and afterward, I brought you out. I brought your fathers out of Egypt and you came to the sea and Egypt pursued your fathers with chariots and horsemen to the Red Sea. So again, God is the one who brought the people of Israel out of Egypt. He used Moses, he used Aaron, but ultimately he was the one in control, sovereignly orchestrating all of this. Verse 7, but when they cried out to the Lord, he put darkness between you and the Egyptians. If you look back at Exodus chapter 14, the, the cloud that was leading the people of Israel away from Egypt during the day and the pillar of fire at night, when the Egyptians pursued Israel to the Red Sea, God actually lifted the cloud and physically situated himself between the people of Israel and the people of Egypt creating darkness and confusion for the Egyptians and allowing the people of Israel to cross the Red Sea. He says, when they cried out to the Lord, he put darkness between you and the Egyptians and brought the sea upon them and covered them. And your own eyes saw what I did in Egypt and you lived in the wilderness 
for a long time. The Lord is calling to their memories now. Many of these individuals would have been very young children when all of these events took place. But he said, you saw it with your own eyes. Remember what you saw. Remember what I did. And then he says in verse 8, Then I brought you into the land of the Amorites who lived beyond the Jordan. This is the Transjordan, the eastern side of the Jordan River. And I gave them into your hand. They fought with you, and I gave them into your hand. And you took possession of their land when I destroyed them from before you. Then he talks about Balak, the son of Zippor, who arose and fought against Israel. Uh, in the book of Numbers, and he sent and summoned Balaam, the son of Beor, to curse you. But I was not willing to listen to Balaam, even the uh, foremost, perhaps, magician in Moab or the region of Moab. Balak is trying to get this individual to come and curse Israel. But as powerful as he is, God is sovereign and fully in control. He said, so he had to bless you, and I delivered you from his hand. All of these things are going on in the background. Some of these things Israel might not have even known about until much later on. And you crossed the Jordan and came to Jericho. The citizens of Jericho fought against you. And the Amorite, Perizzite, Canaanite, Hittite, Girgashite, Hivite, and Jebusite. Thus I gave them into your hand. So the Lord is taking the credit, rightly so, for what was done to all of these uh, peoples and these cities. He says, I sent out the hornet before you. He talks about uh, the fear of the Lord that came among the Canaanites like a hornet. Now, if you've ever been stunned by a hornet or a large bee, you know it can, it can really create some fear to have these things chasing after you. I have some young children right now who are just terrified of bees and the possibility of being stunned. This is the symbolism that's being used here. The Lord sent out the fear of himself all through the land of Canaan so that the people are just terrified of him. Uh, and it drove out the kings of the Amorites, but not by your sword or by your bow. He's saying, I did things behind the scenes that you didn't even know about. And I gave you, and verse 13 is wonderful, a land that you had not labored and cities which you had not built. All of this shows us the mighty work of the Lord sovereignly orchestrating events behind the scenes for the people of Israel. And we know he does the same for believers in Christ today. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit emmaus.edu partner.